Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. You're locked in on the Chiefs Coast to Coast podcast, episode one, my guy, Mark, episode one. Yeah. You're taking this journey with us. I appreciate it. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to talk Chiefs, of course, here on the Arrowhead Pride Network, Aaron Ladd and my guy, Mark Gunnels. Mark, how you feeling? That we're taking this ride, Chiefs Coast to Coast. Yeah, I'm good, man. You know, I'm out here in LA, coast to coast, obviously. You guys know, you may not know, I'm from Kansas City, but I've been in LA for the past four years and ironically the super bowl is here this year so hopefully a certain team uh joins me out here in a couple weeks that's that that's where the coast to coast name comes from i'm from atlanta originally covering the chiefs here in kansas city but we figured from atlanta all the way out to la we cover the chiefs coast to coast and i mean mark what a week to start and launch a chiefs podcast after what was quite possibly the best chiefs game ever i mean it's in that conversation it's one or two the divisional round game against the Buffalo Bills, the overtime thriller, the 13-second game, the Grim Reaper, whatever you want to call it, man. Kansas City City advanced to a four-straight AFC title game in thrilling fashion, man. We're going to be talking about this game forever. I mean, we've been talking about it all week. What What do you make of it? Yeah, man. I mean, there's so much to digest in this game, man. I mean, 13 seconds. That's, you keep hearing that. And obviously the quotes, when it's grim, be the grim reaper, do it, Kells. I mean, there's just so much that goes to this game. It's just crazy, man. Um, like I said before, man, I think when the Josh Allen threw that fourth touchdown to Gabriel Davis, most people, even Chiefs fans, they probably don't want to admit it now. They're going to be all cocky and act like, yeah, I knew we were going to come back and win. Nah, deep down inside, you were like, dang, it's over. It's over. 13 seconds? 13 seconds? There were fans headed for the exit, Mark. I mean, there, there we saw those reports oh. uh, of Chiefs fans doing the bad luck, Chuck, you know, not being able to stomach it and, yeah. and having to leave, and, and the rest is history, as you said. Yeah, man. But, you know, Travis Kelsey. I mean, if you saw the mic'd up uh, stuff on YouTube and, you know, Twitter and things like that, he basically orchestrated that drive. I mean, and that just shows the trust that Andy Reid has in his players to have that leeway to kind of just freestyle things and, you know, you know, kind of give their input on what they see because they're on the field. So obviously they have a better vantage point. And, you know, obviously Kelsey's a veteran at this point of his career. We know Mahomes has been through these big games and try Tyreek Hill and things of that nature. So, man, it's just crazy that they got down there in two plays, like, they didn't even need 13 seconds. It was really nine seconds. Nine seconds. Nine seconds. We're going to be Four, honest. 44 <laughs> yards in nine seconds. 19 yeah. yards to Tyreek Hill. And then the 25-yard do-it-kels play that's now living forever in, in Chiefs lore. That NFL films that you alluded to it, it is just so – it's incredible to listen to because it, it takes you into the mind of these Hall of Famers like we've been talking about all week. It takes you into the mind of when their back is against the wall – 
What's the communication like in there? When the bullets are flying, what are the leaders really saying in that moment? And we hear so much about the Chiefs championship culture, but to just get a piece, like a piece of that in one of the biggest and brightest moments in Chiefs history, it it just felt so extremely special. Now, it happened in overtime, and I know a lot of Bills fans are upset that after the game Josh Allen had, he wasn't able to touch the ball in overtime. Goes 0-2 on coin flips in that game, too, after being 9-0 and all year. I mean, oh, my goodness. Mark, my question to you here is, is about the overtime rules. Do they need to be tweaked, or do you kind of like the walk-off winner? I like it the way it is, and I'm not just saying it because the Chiefs benefited this time. Back in 2018, when the Chiefs were on the wrong side of this, I said the same thing. I mean, don't let them score a touchdown. Now, I didn't like the previous rule where you got the ball first, kick the field goal, and you won. Now, that's too easy because you only need three first downs to get in field goal range. That's not fair. But now they changed it. You have to get a touchdown. But if you hold them to a field goal, you get the ball back. And the Bills had the number one rated defense. So you're telling me your number one rated defense couldn't hold them to a field goal? I'm sorry, man. I have no sympathy there. I really don't. I know you disagree, though. I think you disagree. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I, I I have a tough time swallowing Josh Allen not touching the ball there. Just, just because of how good the football was, man. And we're talking about top-tier quarterback play. This is not... This is not a 6-9 Pittsburgh-Miami game. Like, this is a shootout of epic proportions with the stakes that you have on the line. And Josh Allen doesn't touch the ball just because of the coin flip. Andy Reid alluded to just as much when he talked about this in his Monday presser. And I was actually the one who asked him this question because the Chiefs kind of made the same proposal after the 2019 playoffs. And this is what he had to say. I don't know, but I'm glad they didn't. we didn't change (laughs) as of last night. But... I, you know, I had a chance to talk with Sean afterwards and, you know, that's, I'm sure something that they're going to look at again too. And I, uh, I I wouldn't be opposed to it. I, I I just, that's a hard thing. I mean, one team, it was great for us last night, but is it great for the game, which is the most important thing that we shall all be looking out for. So it it probably, you know, to make things equal, it probably needs to be able to uh, hit both. Uh, both offenses, both defenses. So, so yeah, even Andy Reid says maybe it might be more fair uh, for both teams to touch the ball. Obviously, this is just another layer to the onion that was this just like amazing divisional round game that Chiefs fans will be talking about forever. And of course, another part of that is, is Patrick Mahomes getting a new nickname. <laughs> so, okay, before we move on though, about the overtime rules. So, I know you don't agree with it. What is your so- solution? Because if the Chiefs score a touchdown, Josh Allen gets the ball back. He scores a touchdown. Are we just going to keep playing till midnight? Like when's the game going to end? <laughs> We're at some point. It's professional football, right? It, 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 both offenses and both defenses have to play a factor in, in the game. I'm not saying that it should go on forever. We talked uh, previously about the the spot and choose rule that I believe the Baltimore Ravens have proposed a few years back where one team gets to choose where the overtime period, which yard line it would start for, and the other team gets to decide if they want to play offense or defense, and then from there you follow the college overtime rules. At least at that point, there's a little more strategy involved, and you get to see both offenses and both defenses. This is the NFL, man. Our guy's not playing our, our guy's not playing defense anymore. I would be very upset if if I was Josh Allen, but he said it, it is what it is in post game and he 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 went the nice route. I get what you're saying, but I think there is a better way to decide. That's fair. That's fair. 
We uh, are still talking divisional round here on Chiefs Coast to Coast and uh, wrapping up with Patrick Mahomes' new nickname, Andy Reid, post game, and what he said to his quarterback uh, with 13 seconds left on the clock. Here's Andy Reid post game. Yeah, when it's grim, be the grim reaper and go get it. So he uh, he did that. He went. He he uh, made everybody around him better, which he which he uh, is great at. Uh, and you know he just does it effortlessly. Uh, when it, when it gets tough, you know he's going to be there battling. Players appreciate that. When things get grim, be the grim reaper. There's t-shirts everywhere, Mark. I'm I'm surprised you don't have the gear on already, man. Actually, I ordered one. I just ordered one. Yeah, <laughs> I knew yeah, it. It should be in here. It should be in the mail for the game on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. They, I yeah. seen everything popping up around, and of course you got the shirt, man. But it's cool. It it, it adds to. It adds to and it adds to just Patrick Mahomes's over the top, uh, you know, legend for for it to be such a young quarterback before he even turns twenty seven. He adds this major, major, major trophy to his arsenal. Yeah, man, it's crazy, man. Like you said, he's not even twenty seven years old yet, and he's already a MVP, Super Bowl MVP. I mean, all the records he's broke. I believe I saw he has a chance to break the all time postseason record for most passing yards in a postseason run. I think I believe it was Eli Manning that owns it right now. So he has a chance to break that. He has like 48, 40, no, I'm sorry, 488 yards to go, I think, to break that record. So if he plays two more games, I mean, hell, he could throw 500 yards in one game. But if they play two more games, he's definitely probably going to break that record as well for the most passing yards in one postseason. So, I mean, it's crazy, man. Obviously, he's came into a great situation as well with Andy Reid, one of the greatest coaches of all time. Obviously, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and the revamped defense. I mean, when they brought in Tyron Matthew, that definitely changed the identity of this defense. Obviously, Chris Jones as well, those linebackers, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay. So they have a chance to be on the brink of a dynasty if they can close the deal this year. Some more stats for for Patrick Mahomes here. Uh, Be the first quarterback in NFL history to start four conference title games uh, before turning 27 years old. It, It speaks to like you were saying, just kind of um, not only his dominance, but also some of the organizational dominance. And uh, Patrick Mahomes was talking today. Uh, we'll hear from him a little bit later in the show, but he mentioned we have plays. And when he says we, he's talking about the offense. We have plays for every scenario. So w- when there is 13 seconds left on the clock, um, yes, they understand that they either have to tie or die, or die basically, but there's an understanding that we've practiced this scenario before and we've been in this scenario before and we know exactly how to get in field goal position from where we are on the field and what plays we need to call to be successful. Uh, I think it's a testament to also to, to, to offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy and how prepared he has these guys. Uh, it's not just 87. It's not just 15. It's not just 10. Uh, uh, but other guys setting it up and, and making plays happen. Clyde Edwards-Alaire actually talked on this today. Uh, said he was asked his mindset going into the 13 seconds uh, and, and that offensive drive, and this is what he had to say. Uh, I wouldn't. I would say uh, I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't hear it that much. It's one of those things that we always prepare for. It's just. I mean, everybody. Like I was on the phone with my dad after the game, and it's 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 just one of those things. Everybody was like, "Oh man, it's 13 seconds," and and probably thinking the game over, turning the TV off, and doing those things. But we work and execute those things, and and I'm looking at 13 seconds, like man. <laughs> They gave us this much time to go down the field, so let's let's just go do it. And man, we we walking out there just as just as cool, calm, as collected as we as we possibly can be. Um, now I, I done been in these guys has been in uh 
multiple situations, uh, you know, from from young to to now. And now it's just uh, that's just one of those things. Go out there and win the game. It's either win or go home. And we know we needed to do. Clyde Edwards Alaire in the offense, cool, calm, and collected when the game was at its highest point, Mark. I mean, what does that tell you about the Chiefs? You know, it's crazy. That's a great segue to this. I don't know if you saw on Twitter today, they were showing Patrick Mahomes' heart rate throughout the game. Oh, yeah. Saw that. <laughs> yeah. And it was at its lowest when he was in the huddle, but it was at its highest when he was on the bench because he had no control of what could happen with the defense out there. So that just shows you right there when your leader – is that calm in the huddle, you know, on the sideline? I mean, he's going crazy because, like, I can't do anything. But when he's in the huddle calling plays at the line of scrimmage, he's cool as a cucumber, man. I mean, he's cool the other side of the pillow. I mean, the guy is just unflappable. I mean, even when they were showing him on the camera, on the TV, when they scored the touchdown with 13 seconds left, he didn't have any panic on his face. When Tyreek Hill scored that touchdown – they showed Josh Allen, his eyes were kind of wide. Like, I mean, he did respond, but he was kind of shook in that moment for a second, it looked like. But Patrick Mahomes just stays calm. And that's just a testament. It's like you said, the guys around him, not just the players, but EB, you know, Andy Reid, Kafka, the quarterback's coach. Like, all those guys play a role in this because he couldn't do it by himself. We know that. And all those guys play a part in it, and they boost his confidence because they tell him, even when he makes mistakes, they always tell him, still be you. We heard that all year throughout his Be you, be great he, was another he one. He was struggling, right? The first, what, eight weeks of the year, through all them picks, they kept saying, be you, be you. And that installs confidence in you. As much as, you know, we get we fall in love with football on the field on Sundays and, and that kind of thing, the game is is really one in the meeting rooms and in the film rooms. And we've heard from players talk about kind of these uh, these strategy meetings and these situational type meetings that they have with offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, And they're described as boring. They're described as monotonous because they are so prepared for every situation. And they're on top of the film in, in all these situations and know exactly what the lineups are and, and where they need to be and the communication that the communication specifically for instance do it kels that is that is an impromptu that that's when you got a sync with a guy that, that is at a different level beyond uh just the x's and o's in my opinion no 100 i totally agree i mean that do it kels that's right up there with do we have enough time to run walks i mean that's one of those moments man where it's going to be an nfl lore forever especially if they go on to win the super bowl that's going to be a moment that we just remember Forever. I mean, Mahomes and Kelsey were saying after the game, this is a game they're never going to forget, like never going to forget. Now, obviously, they know the job is not finished. And if they do finish the job, this moment becomes even more intensified. Just kind of how the divisional game a couple of years ago when they won the Super Bowl, when they're down 24 to nothing against the Houston Texans. I mean, that was another crazy divisional game. Absolutely. 24 to nothing. And they ended up winning 51 to 31. I mean, I've never seen a turnaround that crazy before, but this divisional game even tops that one. Yeah, the do it Kelts moment specifically, getting more details on that here on, on Chiefs Coast to Coast on, on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. It is uh it's gonna live up there with the six-five toss power trap plays and things we'll be talking about forever. That NFL network film uh audio comes out of Travis Kelsey kind of orchestrating that play and uh, Patrick Mahomes said, hey, 
before they called the timeout there, we got to look at what they wanted to do. And Kelsey came to me and said, hey, if they come out in that same look, we're going to do this. We're going to hit them right up the scene. And, and sure enough, it was there. Orlando Brown was in the huddle. He talked today at the podium and was asked about that moment. And this is what he had to say. Yeah, uh, you know, we have a ton of confidence in what we can do, man, and execute. Uh, you know, with us only needing three points at the time, uh, we felt like we can do what it took to put ourselves in a field goal position. And, um, you know, obviously he comes out there, tells Tyreek whatever he tells Tyreek. Uh, you know, he catches the ball I guess, for, you know, however many yards gain and then timeout. Then the next next play we get on the line of scrimmage. All I hear is do it, Kels, do it, Kels. I thought I was getting chip help. I didn't know what was going on. And then, you know, he passes the ball to, to Trav and Trav makes the play. Harrison kicks the field goal. So uh, it's just a ton of confidence, though, man. 15 is great. And, you know, he, he's very, very uh, poised within the moment. And, uh, you know, I got a lot of trust in him. Uh, I just want to do my job to make sure we could execute as an offense. So Orlando Brown thought he was getting offensive line help, man. I mean, he, they didn't even feel like they had to include him on the plan. I mean, that's that's just wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, hey, bro, just block. You know you got to block. So <laughs> you're not getting the ball. We know that. So just do your job. Don't let the guy get around you and suck Mahomes. And we're, we're going to figure this out on our own. <laughs> They're they not, they not drawing the, the Allegretti play up for, for Orlando oh, Brown in that God. situation. <laughs> nah, not with 13 seconds left. Nah, nah, I can't risk it on that one, buddy. <laughs> Chiefs on the on the 43-yard line, and they get 25 yards on the do-it-kels play. And, of course – uh, the rest is history there. Finishing up our, our divisional round talk, and obviously, just like us, the Chiefs are going to have to turn the page at a certain point. Uh, I'm wondering how much you put on the emotional factor of this game. You know, you're talking about, and the players themselves are saying, this is something we'll remember forever. Uh, didn't think it could happen. 13 seconds, all of that, and the emotions that come with that. But like you said, the job's not finished. In the words, in the words of the great, uh, late great Kobe Bryant. Are you worried about the Chiefs turning the page at all? No, I'm not really. And, and the reason I'm not is because I allude to what I just said a few minutes ago about the game a couple years ago against the Texans in the divisional round where they're down 24 to nothing. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't get much worse than that. And then they win that game 51 to 31. And you have to come back next week and win that game to go to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, they've kind of already had a kind of similar game where things didn't look particularly right for them and they came out on top so and the factor of this is the main point they want to win it all again man at the last year getting embarrassed against tampa bay 31 to 9 that was the first game in mahomes career that he lost by more than one possession in that tampa bay super bowl so no touchdowns either don't forget that yeah no touchdowns either so that's the ultimate prize and they know that i mean that's been the model all year take it back and things of that nature. So they're going to be inspired. And then on top of that, they're playing a team that just beat them less than about a month ago, right? The Bengals just beat them in Cincinnati week 17. So you have that as well as far as motivation. So I'm not too concerned about, you know, a layover or them starting off slow or anything like that. I think it's natural for any player to feel the emotions of what that game was. I mean, we can't expect these guys to be robots. That was a huge win. We saw it. We saw it in the locker room video. We saw it in the excitement afterwards. Chris Jones chugging a beer in the crowd. I mean, just the elation of that game. Obviously, they're going to feel that. But from a professionalism uh, standpoint, Patrick Mahomes was asked about this today, uh, uh, asked about turning the page and when he would be able to do that. And this is what his response was. 
I mean, I did when I came in on Monday, uh, Monday morning, um, you kind of, you, you celebrate with, and, uh, with your family and everything for that, that big win that we had. It was an awesome game that we'll remember forever. Um, but uh, I mean, this, we're not done. I mean, we're trying to, we're trying to go out there and, and win the AFC championship and then try to get to the Super Bowl. Um, and uh, we understand that this is a great football team we're going up against. They've already beat us once this year. Uh, and if we don't give everything we have in preparation during the week, uh, then we're not going to win at the end of the, at the end of the week. So uh, I kind of turned the page quickly and I'm ready to go. Uh, just try to get, keep getting better every single day. So to steal a, a phrase from Bill Belichick's uh, old playbook, Chiefs on to Cincinnati. Patrick Mahomes says he's back in the facility on Monday and already looking at film because the job's not finished. I agree with you. I think they're still motivated by last year, uh, that feeling of what it was like to be that close, um, to to extend this dynasty, to do what they wanted to do. Uh, and the job wasn't finished. No matter how beautiful last year was, it was seen as a failure. I think Clyde edwards Larry even said today, our goal is to win a championship. That's it. So while all the rosy feelings that were brought along with the divisional round win are good, uh, the ultimate prize is still on the table, like you said. Yeah, I mean, this team, I mean, we saw after they won their first championship, Tyreek was basically comparing them to the Michael Jordan Bulls, saying we're chasing seven, eight rings and things of that. Not one, not two, not three. (laughs) So, I mean, one ring is just not acceptable when you have guys saying that things. And we know Patrick Mahomes, he's probably not going to admit it, but he wants to chase Tom Brady as well. And he has seven rings. And I'm not saying that's realistic or not, but in his mind, that's what he wants to go for. That's his goal. He's the ultimate competitor. He's the grim reaper now. So he's taking souls and things of that nature. And he knows that Joe Burrow, just like Josh Allen, is getting a lot of hype now. People are saying, hey, Joe Burrow may be that next rival to Patrick Mahomes in the AFC. You got Jamar Chase over there and those guys. So and you just lost to him. You just lost to him a couple weeks ago. Not too long ago. This is fresh. This is not like Buffalo where that game was months and months ago where you can really throw that game out the window. This game was fresh. So that is another motivational factor as well. And look, they have legacies on the line, man. You got Travis Kelsey. He wants to be the GOAT tight It's a legacy game, dog. It's a legacy game. You know, not a legacy game, but it's a legacy playoff run. Like they Absolutely. have to close the deal and win the championship. That's what I'm saying. So this is another piece in their way. The Bengals are in their way. It's not a legacy game per se, but it's a legacy postseason run. Absolutely. I, I think everything Mahomes does or touches from now, we'll, we'll have that discussion with. I'm glad we're turning the page to the Bengals because they are an exciting team. I know you think they shouldn't even get off the bus and they should just stay in Cincinnati. Don't even take the flight. But Cincinnati is here. They're in the AFC playoff game. They're at Arrowhead Stadium for a 2 p.m. kickoff against the defending AFC champion Kansas City Chiefs in the game for a fourth straight year. Joe Burrow did media today. And he talked very glowingly about Kansas City. He has a personal relationship with Patrick Mahomes, was very complimentary of their offense, and said, hey, we're a team that has lofty goals, and those lofty goals include beating Kansas City. Listen to this. No, we're excited about the opportunity. Obviously a really good team. If you want to do the things that we want to do, that's a team that you're going to have to beat every single year. You know, the AFC has run through them for, for four straight years, so – you know, we're excited about the opportunity. We're, we're going to have a great week of practice and we'll be ready to go. So Burrow feels like Kansas City 
is just another team in their way, Mark, or what do you read into that? I mean, they're definitely in the way. I mean, the Chiefs, they know this feeling from the other side. The Chiefs were chasing Tom Brady and the Patriots for years, even before Patrick Mahomes came into the, the picture. So now the Chiefs are that team in the AFC where you have everybody else chasing them. You know, obviously Buffalo, now Cincinnati, uh, the Ravens, when they get healthy next year. I mean, all these teams, the Chargers. Chargers, Chargers, all, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're all chasing the Chiefs right now. So the Chiefs are the hunted in the AFC. And Joe Burrow understands that. But look, I mean, they have dramatically overachieved. Before the year, they were projected to finish last in the AFC North behind Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cleveland. And they're in the AFC championship game. I mean, if you put money on that in the summer, you're rich right now. Because, <laughs> I mean, the odds on that must have been crazy for them to make it to this point. So, yeah. And like you said, I'm not saying they shouldn't get off the bus. I'm not saying that. <laughs> you love to put that in my, my mouth. I, I'm not saying that because this will be a good experience for them to, you know, get the book oh. handed to them, you know? It's going to be a good experience because you got to lose before you can win. The Chiefs have to lose to Tom Brady before they can win, right? I mean, we see it in the history of sports. These young teams, they don't just don't come in here and win championships their first year. This never happens. So the Bengals are, are, are ahead of schedule is what you're saying. They're way ahead of schedule. I think it was risky for them, and we're kind of going off script here a little bit on, on Chiefs Coast to Coast, now talking about the AFC title game between the Chiefs and the Bengals. I think it was risky for them, obviously, to go with the chase pick. Knowing how knowing how banged up their O-line was and the fact that they needed O-line help to help their first, their first overall pick quarterback who was coming off a knee injury, they doubled down. And they said, no, we're going to get Jamar Chase and we're going to unlock this offense with him, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins. Uh, it, it's a lottery. It, it, it's almost a lottery ticket that, that worked out, like you're saying. They're ahead of schedule because – uh, they took a risk, and, and it paid off in year one. Yeah, and I think Joe Burrow had a lot to say about that pick. Obviously, they were teammates at LSU, so they have a great relationship already. I'm sure they asked him, hey, do you want us to get this old lineman, or you want to get your boy Chase? He said, hey, uh, let me get Chase, and we'll fix the line later on. Let me get my boy Chase in the building. So, And it's worked out. I mean, Chase, to me, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but he looks like a generational talent. I mean, when I look at him – he gives me flashes of young Randy Moss. He really go ahead does. get the take. Go ahead get the takeoff. Really, really get does, the takeoff. He reminds me of young Randy Moss because he'll have games where he has three or four catches, but like for 150 yards. <laughs> like that's some Randy Moss stuff right there. Just get the ball in his hands. He could take it to the house. And we saw when he played the Chiefs the last game, he can moss people too. I mean, Ward was in great position multiple times against him, but it just didn't matter. <laughs> Like Chase just snatched on him. His yards after the catch ability is something that came back um, to haunt Kansas City in that Week 17 game that that we've been talking about. Uh, a, a couple more things, uh, much more wider scope before we get uh, a little bit closer in on, on this AFC Championship game. I think Cincinnati, and we always talk about in the NFL – uh, organizations that need to get the coach right, they need to get the quarterback right, and you got to get the front office right. That's kind of the key to unlocking success uh, in the National Football League. You want to have those three clicking at the right time, 
Right. And, and then you go from there. Kansas City has been a great example of that. Brett Veach has drafted well. He's had some misses like all GMs do, but he's drafted well. He molded that with bringing it with Andy Reid coming in at the right time in his system. And then Patrick Mahomes, him coming in and being able to be as successful as he's been in his first five years. That has worked for Kansas City. And I think for Cincinnati on the grander scheme of things, they've started to find a little bit of something and their coaching quarterback, Joe Burrow, seems to be like the right pick that they made there. When you have those top couple lottery picks, you can't miss on those, Mark. As a GM, that defines your tenure. And even Joe Burrow coming off a knee injury and Zach Taylor starting his uh, head coaching career there in Cincinnati, it seems like they've got something right there. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, it's crazy because they were trying to run Zach Taylor out of town <laughs> about a year or so ago. Yeah. So this was kind of his make or break year. I mean – Wow. Talk about overachieving. I mean, if they just would have been seven and 10, eight and nine, I think that would have been a successful year and he would have kept his job for at least another year. So he's definitely good for right now. And obviously they're going to have to fix their old line in the offseason. That's going to be their main priority. Kind of similar to what the Chiefs did last year. They kind of went just all in on offensive line, obviously getting Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, then getting Joe Tooney, Orlando Brown. I expect a similar type of overhaul for the Bengals O-line heading to next year because, I mean, that's pretty much all they really need. I mean, their defense is pretty good. We obviously know their skill players are maybe the best in the league. And when you throw yeah. in Joe Mixon, and, I mean, they have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. So if they can fix their interior offensive line, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with in the AFC for the next 10 years. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think that that Chiefs offensive line rebuild and, and when we're talking as if this season's already over, we don't know what the end of the season looks like for either of these teams. Heck, the, the Bengals could go into the, the offseason with a Super Bowl trophy and said, dang, we did that with a with a makeshift offensive line. Let's actually invest. I know I know you're going to have something to say about that, but just just, just, just kind of making a point that, hey. It can happen. They had four. They had four wins last year and are in the AFC title game now. So I think yes, obviously they're going to have to work on their offensive line. Uh, look, looking at the divisional round for Cincinnati, giving up nine sacks is not going to be able to get it done this week in Arrowhead. That tied a playoff record. Tennessee Titans uh, got to Burrow a lot, and he was actually the most sacked quarterback uh, in the regular season, fifty-one times he was sacked through eighteen weeks. That that that's protection issues. Uh, and listening to 
the the Bengals offensive coordinator this week. I think Joe Burrow also owns uh, part of that as well. The Chiefs game plan into this AFC championship game has to be at some point uh, to get to Joe Burrow. They got to him four times in week 17. I wonder how many times you see them getting to Joe Burrow in this AFC championship matchup. I would say at least five. I'm expecting at least five sacks, maybe six, because Ooh. the thing Ooh. is, when you think about it, they got into him four times on the road, but now they're going to be at home, so it's going to be harder for the offensive line to hear the snap count and things like that. So the D-line may get a, a faster jump off the ball in Arrowhead. So you have to assume it's going to be more than four, right? They did it on the road versus at home in the AFC Championship game, where it's going to be the, probably the loudest it's been all year, I would imagine. So I would definitely say at least five sacks. I think that's a safe. If you set the over-under, it probably have to be at mm, five and a half. I'll probably set it at five and a half. Yeah, Mark's going to go over on that. I'll go under on that. I think the Chiefs can still rattle Joe Burrow, but – I think maybe the plan is to sit back and, and, and wait for him to make a mistake. That'll be something that we watch in this weekend's uh, AFC championship game. One more guy I want to get to on the Bengals uh, before I jump back to a couple more guys on the Chiefs, and that's Jamar Chase. Absolutely ripped up the Chiefs uh, the first time these two matched up, and it was a headache for not only Charvarius Ward, but Steve Spagnolo. But if he duplicates his performance to any measure that he did in Week 17, I mean, the Chiefs might be headed home on Sunday, Mark. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, though. I mean, you would imagine that Steve Spagnuolo will have a different game plan this time around, you know, have a bracket or a double team on that guy, things of that nature. I mean, you just can't let him just run free one-on-one -on -one after what he did last time. That would just be asinine, honestly, to have that same game plan. So they definitely gonna have a different game plan. And we saw what they did against Stephon Diggs, even though it did allow – Mr. Davis to go crazy. So, Gabe Davis just scored another yeah. touchdown, I think. I so mean, you, that's the issue. If you give too much attention to Jamar Chase, they still have T. Higgins. They still have Boyd. Still got Joe Mixon who can catch the ball at the backfield as well. So, and we got to put some respect on CJ Uzuma. I think oh, yeah, is how yeah, you pronounce his yeah, last yeah, name. Yeah, tight end yeah. is nice too. They got yeah, some yeah, nice yeah. tight ends as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's a fine line on. Do I want to just completely shut down Jamar Chase and let everybody else eat or, you know, kind of let Chase do his thing and then shut everybody else down? It's a fine line. So we got to see what direction Spag goes in in that one. So that's going to be tough. I remember in the lead up to this game the first time around, there was a lot of comparison of the Bengal skill units, the Uzumas, the boys, the Higgins and Chase to the Chargers and a lot of what they like to do on offense. And Kansas City said we had been using the same blueprint that we used to kind of guard those guys, the Guytons and the Mike Williamses and the Jared Cooks and those type of guys and the looks that they present. Uh, and, and you saw how Kansas City adjusted their attack and their and their defense around those guys. So hopefully in two meetings with the Bengals, we'll see a different uh, form of defense and attack against Jamar Chase. Something else that stood out about Jamar Chase, and this one hits home. This one hits home for Mr. Rock Chalk himself, Mr. <laughs> KU himself, Mr. <laughs> Baby J. Mark Gunnels. Uh, Jamar Chase was asked if he still has a chip on his shoulder at any point. And he said, you know, I do have this one time that somebody doubted me. Check this out. I can tell you, honestly, one of, one of my best stories ever. Les Miles told me I couldn't play receiver uh, when I was coming out of high school. So, you know, that was something I had on my shoulders growing up. Les Miles told me uh, he thought I could play cornerback. Um, I wasn't really in full position at receiver yet. So, you know, I just kept working in my craft uh, offseason, waking up early in the mornings to work out. Um, I just kept focused. 
So Jamar Chase said none other than the Mad Hatter doubted him. Former KU head coach. Let that be known. Mark Gunnels, respect and speak up for your man. Yeah, I mean, I can't defend him on that one. <laughs> hey, what were you looking at, Les? What were you seeing? I mean, unless he just got magically generational all of a sudden. I mean, I don't understand what you saw on film to think that he was not capable of being a wide receiver. He had to be a defensive back. <laughs> you know, usually they put dudes at D back if you don't have the hands, right? Yeah. And there and there were some concerns in preseason. Remember, cause there was a lot of memes going around. Football. Yeah, people got the jokes <laughs> off in preseason when it was some drops. But uh, <laughs> I see why KU football is so successful, Mark. Oh wow, Aaron! Really, you're gonna go there? Really? Wow! <laughs> Y'all scouting department is. <laughs> Is, is hey, on it, still, baby. We still have that orange bowl. I know you're still <laughs> talking about that. <laughs> we having some fun here on Chiefs Coast to Coast on the Arrowhead Pride <laughs> Podcast Network. Jamar Chase is someone the Chiefs are going to try to contain when they match up against the Bengals 2 o'clock Sunday at Arrowhead Stadium. Four straight AFC titles. Man. Dude, are you telling me, man? Those night games, I mean, it is in the media – I mean, I know everybody loves – people get anxious all day, and we don't really – I needed an afternoon game. I'm saying I don't really that. like them, though. I like Arrowhead when the sun is out. It just feels different than me. I like it. I don't know. It feels more – Second half, it'll be dark. By the time yeah. – by the time yeah. whoever wins, by the time who's ever look, lifting up the trophy, yeah. it, it, it'll, it'll, it'll be dark, out. We're going to give our predictions here at the end. We're rounding out. Uh, our debut episode uh, of Chiefs Coast to Coast. Yeah. Yes, sir. I, I want to mention the other guys for a little bit. And, and, and McCole Hardman is somebody that has really come on late, got benched midseason. There's really no way to sugarcoat that. Had to kind of re-earn the trust of Patrick Mahomes uh, and, and the offense. And last three games, I got the stats here, 18 touches, 219 scrimmage yards. Uh, from a Cole Hardman. Mark, what has he shown you not only at the end of the regular season, but as the playoffs have moved on here? I think he just accepted his role. I think the Chiefs have accepted him for what he is. Stop trying to make him a traditional number two receiver. He's not Sammy Watkins. He's not that guy. He's not a possession receiver. He's not that. He's a jet gadget guy, jet sweeps, wide receiver screens, get him out in space, give him the ball, make him miss a couple guys. And, you know, punt returns and things like that. That's who he is. And that's okay. That's fine. He doesn't have to be Tyreek Hill. I know people want him to be Tyreek Hill. And, look, to be honest, Tyreek Hill was basically McCall Harmon early in his career. Tyreek Hill didn't turn into this receiver until later on into his career as far as his route running and stuff like that. I mean, he was looked at as a, you know, a return specialist. To quote the uh, Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> say it again. Say it again. But I mean, he's still young. He still could develop and become this receiver that people want him to be, the prototype receiver. But that's not him right now. And that's fine because you still have Travis Kelsey. You still have Tyreek Hill. And, you know, Demarcus Robinson, he fits in where he gets in. You know, he gets a couple catches here and there. So they're fine. And then with McKinnon, I love the McKinnon pickup. And he's starting to show his his worth as well. You know, talk about the other guys. I mean, he hasn't played pretty much all year. And now teams have to prepare for him because he's catching the ball out the backfield. He's running the ball really good. And he has that burst that the Chiefs do not have at running back. You know, Clyde doesn't have the burst like a McKinnon, obviously. Daryl Williams, 
are gore. So I think the dynamic of McKinnon and Harmon on the field, along with Tyreek Hill, I mean, that's a lot of speed to account for, man. That's tough. Uh, a quick stat on, on Jarek McKinnon here, 222, 220, excuse me, 220 scrimmage yards in the last two postseason games for Jarek McKinnon uh, has really come on late, stepped in uh, and contributed well. He's fit in. And, and and this is where I felt like Kansas City could have really used his skill set. It was in the screen game. I mean, Andy Reid, known for his the way he uses screens and gets running backs out into space, season as an extension of the running game. And Jarek McKinnon has been extremely effective. Uh, in that part of the field for Kansas City. Uh, uh, going back to McCole Hardman, as you mentioned earlier, and we're wrapping up here. We're about to give our predictions uh, for the AFC title game. Uh, but McCole Hardman mentioned trying to adjust to his new role, kind of the rocky parts uh, of what was the start of the season and the middle of the season, not only for Kansas City, but for McCole Hardman. Here's what he had to say. But I think uh, early in the season, man, it's just more of a, you know, kind of like a new role and just getting adjusted to it. And, um, you know, I had a few bad games out of that stretch and, but uh, I think it really clicked just, you know, I got to be better than what I was. Um, I got to step up to the plate. And, and when those chances come, the opportunities come, I got to really, you know, hone in on those moments and do what I need to do and do, and do what I'm capable of doing. And, um, and then when you got guys on the field like Tyreek and, uh, and Trav, those, they gain so much attention that, you know, you're going to be in some situation where you one-on-one or where you don't have a lot of people around you where you got to make things happen. And um, so uh, just figuring that out and just finding, you know, your groove and, I think I felt my groove a little bit and just, you know, um, just doing your thing and contributing on special teams, you know, doing extra things outside of just being on the offense. So um, I think I, and once I found that, I kind of like started putting everything together. So McCole Hardman said he needed to step up, re-earn the trust of Patrick Mahomes, and he could play a big factor on Sunday, Mark. Yeah, I think so. I mean, because when you play the Chiefs, obviously the main two guys you're going to worry about is Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So McCole Harmon is going to have a lot of opportunities to be that third guy in a sense to kind of break loose, you know, because teams aren't going to just account for him. And if you do account for him too much, then obviously the floodgates are going to open up. So you have to give up something. I mean, you can't guard everything. It's impossible. And then you have to worry about Mahomes' legs as well, too, because we saw in the playoffs, this is when he uses his legs way more because he knows it's win or go home. So McCole Harmon, I'm happy for him. He's been getting a lot of flack in Chiefs Kingdom over this past year. And you have been one of his biggest uh, defenders. So I applaud you. I give you some credit because you've been backing him up. I've been seeing it on Twitter. So congrats. And, oh, you know what I know it is? You got a Bo Georgia guy. That's oh, I knew it was coming. I, I knew it was coming. I'm not a Georgia, Georgia fan. Guy. I went to Mizzou, but I, I shout out the dogs for bringing it home this year. Shout out McCole Hardman for, for, getting, uh, for getting on the same page with the Chiefs offense. I, I, I mean, I've asked him a, a lot of the things that, that Chiefs fans – have been wondering. I think one of the biggest issues, and you touched on this, you hit it right on the nail of the head when we started this conversation. I think every every McCole Hardman target, every McCole Hardman mistake, every McCole Hardman touchdown is seen through the prism of when he was picked and what the Chiefs' mindset was when that selection was made. And it goes back to the Tyreek Hill situation off the field. And I think that's so unfortunate that we can't allow players to just develop and run their race without seeing that through that prism. Going over to another sport, it reminds me of Luca and Trey, two players that will always be forever tied together because of an executive decision that was made. 
That yeah. wasn't exactly measuring apples to oranges, but because they were made in the same transaction, Chiefs yeah. fans and Mavericks fans and Hawks fans will always compare those two together. Uh, I, I think McCole Hardman has really come on as of late, and if the Chiefs are going to be successful, not only on offense, but special teams as well, remember he does play a punt return duty on this team. Uh, they're going to need him in a good headspace. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, and this team, they get behind their guys, man. I mean, this is a very absolutely tight, this is a very tight group, and they lift their brothers up, man. So during that stretch, I have no doubt in my mind that Mahomes and Kelsey and them and Hill, especially in that receiving room, they were lifting them up, man. They were saying, your time is going to come, and when it does come, be ready for it because we're going to need you. And you need that because especially for a young player, when you're trying to find your way into the league and, you know, you, you want to make all the splash plays and stuff, yeah. you're a high pick, you got all these people tweeting you and stuff. I mean, because he's on social media. I mean, let's just be honest. He's a young guy. <laughs> they all, they all yeah. are, man. Yeah, they yeah. all are. They, they, they read everything. Like, they, they won't admit it, but they see everything. So, McCole definitely saw all the trash talk. I mean, he even tweeted some stuff at fans before. I mean, so we definitely know that. And uh, I'm just happy that he's in a good headspace now and he's making plays at the most important time of the year. Absolutely. Chiefs are going to need him, and his time has come. Our time has come now to give our predictions on this monster matchup. Kickoff 2.07 Central Time from Arrowhead Stadium in beautiful Kansas City, Missouri. The Chiefs hosting the AFC title game for a fourth consecutive year. I believe the line is seven and a half right now in most major books. Six and a half, seven and a half. Opened at seven. Kansas City Chiefs, a touchdown favorite. Mark Gunnels will toss it to you. I want your X factor. I want your game ball. And I want your prediction. So I'm going to give you an X factor on both sides of the ball. And I slept on it. And I kind of changed my mind on a couple of these. Okay. X factor offensively. I'm going to actually go with McCole Hartman. Oh, that's perfect. You you a podcaster now. I see. He a, he a podcaster now. I'm going to go with McCole Hartman. Like I said before, I mean, he's that third guy, that X-factor guy that can just go to the house at any time. Uh, you know, so I think he's going to have a couple of splash, pet, splash plays on Sunday. That's going to be kind of the momentum shifter, if you would. And defensively, I'm going to have to go with someone on the D-line now because, I mean, obviously that Bengals offensive line, we know it's uh, it's an open gate. It's open season. I mean, they just let everybody in there and uh, have free food. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm going to go with – give me Melvin Ingram. I think Melvin Ingram has a sack, maybe a strip fumble, one of those big plays that flips the momentum of the game, maybe changes uh, field position things like that. So I think Ingram, I mean, he's been a dog. I don't know why Pittsburgh let him go for what they did, but that was six a six rounder, man. A I mean, six round pick. I mean, you could arguably say that was the best in season pickup for any team. I mean, he really changed a lot for this team. You allow Chris Jones to go back inside. That just changed the whole dynamic of that defensive line. So those are my two X factors. My score prediction, like you said, the Bengals should not get off the bus. They're going to lose <laughs> 45 to 24. Chiefs win by 21 points. If you're a betting person, hammer Chiefs minus seven, minus seven and a half. I don't care what it is. Chiefs roll. 
I'm so glad we putting these on tape finally. I am so glad we putting <laughs> these on tape finally. Everybody who's putting their house and their mortgage on the predictions the of Mark Gun. No, he That's did the it. House. Yo. <laughs> Bet the house, Mark Gunnell says, is the curse is on for Chiefs <laughs> Kingdom. Nah, that's funny. I actually agree with you on score, but I'll, I'll give you my, uh, or excuse me, I give agree with you on outcome, but I'll give you the, the X factors first. On offense, I'm going with playoff P, and that P is not Patrick Mahomes, it's Byron Pringle. Three touchdowns in the last two games. He's got a perfect passer rating, been being targeted in, in the postseason. I know he had that one bad uh, uh, it wasn't a drop necessarily, but he should have caught it uh, on the one offensive drive. Uh, but but Byron Pringle has been an essential other guy. When we mention other guys, uh, McCole Hardman, uh, um, Demarcus Robinson, uh, Byron Pringle has got to be in that mix. He's the one that Patrick Mahomes trusts in the red zone. We've seen that time and time. And not only Patrick Mahomes trusts in the red zone, Travis Kelsey trusts him in the red zone too because that's who his touchdown pass went to. Do I, it, think Byron, <laughs> I think Byron Pringle gets another one in this one. If you're a betting man, bet the house on Byron Pringle uh, over a, 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 a half a touchdown. Excuse me. On defense, I'm going to kind of cheat here and give you two playmakers. One of them is Chris Jones. We talked ad nauseum about how bad this Bengals O-line is. He had two sacks in the Week 17 matchup. I think he gets two right on the nose again in the AFC title game. And then we need Charvarius Ward to have a bounce back game uh, on Sunday for the Chiefs to have some version uh, of success. Jamar Chase has a field day, 11 catches, 266, and three touchdowns. If you could shave those in half, I think all of Chiefs Kingdom would consider it a success, and that would be a terrible game by any other standard. But that's what you need. That's what you need to hold Jamar Chase to at this point. My final score prediction is Chiefs 35, uh, Cincinnati Bengals 21. Kansas City goes to the Super Bowl for a third straight year. Hold us accountable here on Chiefs Coast to Coast, folks. Those were the predictions. Mark, how you feeling about the first episode, man? Hey, man, it just comes natural for us, I think, you know? I mean... Shaq and Kobe? Yeah, we can go another hour, man. <laughs> is, it, is it Shaq and Kobe? I'm definitely Kobe, then. I mean, rest in peace to the Mambo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah, for sure, for sure. I appreciate y'all listening here, here to the podcast. It's a little quick run. We got three episodes here that we're going to go through the rest of the postseason. Uh, weekly episodes dropping on Thursday. Uh, appreciate all the support. We're going to try and keep y'all in and get y'all out in 45 minutes. And hopefully we'll have three episodes to talk about, Mark. You know, we're going to go as long as the Chiefs go. So yeah. what do you think? We're going, to, we're going to get three episodes in? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bet the house on it. Bet the house. Bet the house on it. <laughs> <laughs>